Rachel Needle from Talking With Tech. And I'm Chris Bouguet from Talking With Tech. We have a podcast dedicated to augmentative and alternative communication, all things related to helping kids with complex communication needs. If you have a passion for helping people with language disabilities, this is the show for you. Each episode features an interview or a roundtable discussion on a topic related to augmentative communication and helping people with language disabilities. And we're really passionate about giving practical strategies to clinicians working in the field who are working with children or adults, anything related to AAC. So you can look us up on iTunes or you can find us on Facebook. We've got a group over there or check out our website at bit.ly slash TWT podcast. Please join our community of professionals that are working to ensure that everyone can say whatever they want to say, however they want to say it. The views and opinions expressed during this show do not necessarily reflect like the, the policy or position of any affiliated workplace or employer. The views and opinions of the show do not constitute recommendations for therapy. Please, Please contact, contact a licensed SLP for individual consult on your situation. Please listen carefully. What is communication? An essential behavior of life. We have the both blessing and responsibility of trying to foster another. It's transmitting a thought from one person to another. It's the strongest way for two people to convey information to each other. The back and forth between two people. Communication is a lifeline. It's just connection with other people. Connecting people in terms of ideas or thoughts or needs. Draws us out of ourselves, draws us into that relationship, you know, builds up our families. Without it, we'd be lost. Whatever it is that we do to express intent and achieve an impact. Communication is the ability to express your needs, wants, frustrations, and desires to anyone that you feel needs to have that information. Welcome to Speech Science episode number 128. I'm Matt Hot, joined as always by Michelle Wintering. Hello. OH. I O. I'm wearing my Ohio State uh, the Ohio State sweater you've got going on, and uh, from the far east of Pennsylvania, Michael McLeod. What's up, buddy? Hey, Mikey. How are you? Mikey. I'm doing good. Is Can't complain. Like, did, did that annoy you, by the way, the Mikey? What? Calling you Mikey. Just now? Yeah. No. Okay. Good. Not at all. I, I felt bad as soon as I said it, and I went, oops, I don't even know if that's a good nickname for you. I. Uh, you can call me whatever you want. <laughs> hey, you. Uh, we'll catch up with everybody, but on today's episode, we're going to talk about the major backlog in special education, the link between uh, language and spelling. We have the news returning, so I got a bunch of articles for us to quickly hit, and we also have the ASHA spotlight, and we check in with the informed SLP. But before all that, we'd like to hear from you, so make sure you head over to our website, Speech Science Podcasts. Dot com. From there, you can email us, speechsciencepodcast uh, at gmail.com. You can hashtag it up, hashtag SSPod. You can go to the Discord, discord.speechsciencepodcast.com, uh, or give us a phone call, 614-681-1798. That's also a text messageable number. So the reason I asked you about Mikey was that I had a student who uh, made a huge gain this week in speech therapy because I gave him a nickname last year, just had a name that was very similar to one of my favorite uh, favorite bowlers. So I started calling him the name of my favorite bowler. And this year he looked at me and said, Mr. Hot, that's not my name. I was like, awesome. Okay, nice. Way to advocate for yourself, dude. That's, that's what we need. Who's so, your favorite bowler? Uh, if I say that, then I would give away what my student's name was. So you'll have to find that out on a different episode. Is it Ernie McCracken? Oh, isn't that Bill Murray from uh, <laughs> from Kingpin? Yes, it is. It was. I love that movie. Guys, it has been a week since we last talked. And uh, let me just give you a rundown of my past week. Um, <laughs> Do it. I had a crazy high school bowling coaches meeting. Um. I took my son's Cub Scout troop on a or den on a hike around a lake outside. So I'm leading a group of six Cub Scout kids in the woods as we're looking for signs of animals in backyard woods. And so people know, wanted. what is the age range of Cub Scouts? Uh, so they, last year it was the Lions for kindergarten. Michael is a tiger this year, so we are first graders. Okay, there you go. And I have said on the show multiple times 
I love working with middle school and high school kids. <laughs> so I took a bunch of first graders out in the woods and we looked for animals and we found some squirrel and bird nests. And you didn't so lose any cool. kids. So you're I did doing not lose well. any of the six kids, but it was really weirdly depressing. We we took our, you know, it said it was a half mile trail around the lake and the last quarter of the mile of the trail was destroyed for housing. Oh. So we had to pop out in someone's backyard, and then we just traipsed through backyards to get back to the shelter. <laughs> um, so now I also have to sell popcorn. So selfish link uh, in the show notes will be a link to my son's popcorn sales because I have to sell like $200 in popcorn. You, he can ship so, those? Do they ship it straight to people? It's all online because of COVID. Wow. So that means so anybody anywhere can buy popcorn from him. You can get peanut brittle. <laughs> you can get peppermint bark, chocolate covered pretzels. Your son doesn't just... know how great it is to have you in this. this <laughs> Your dad can reach thousands of listeners in one mo in one weekend. Um, and then uh, we met with Help Me Grow today. So we had our conversation with Help Me Grow for our littlest one. And uh, did you guys know this in the state of Ohio? Uh, hearing aids are not a mandatory coverage on your insurance. Um, that's not just Ohio. That's most I places. I know. So then I called my GOP senator yep. in the state, Greg Lang, and uh, he's like, I'm not going to be not a proponent for it. And I was like, I don't actually, are you going to support it? And he's like, I'm the only deaf uh, legislation per legislator in Ohio. And he's got, you know, and I was like, cool. Mm -hmm. So you going to support this bill? And he's like, Due to rampant like corruption, they're not handling any other bills than the rampant corruption bill that's in Ohio right now. So, Jeez. Michelle, you moved out of the state. There was like a bill to allow a nuclear power plant near Cleveland. And then they found out the guy was like legit taking bribes from the nuclear power plant companies. And then he got arrested for for corruption. Jeez. Yeah, I haven't lived there in almost a decade, wow. which is crazy. That's been my week, guys. <laughs> Oh man, but Matt, on that, I think I know I've brought it up before on the podcast, but and you're dealing with it firsthand now with your mm -hmm. with your daughter, mm -hmm. is that I know too many people whose insurances don't cover it because it's considered in, for whatever reason non-essential, which is absurd. Yeah, cosmetic is the term I was told. That's ridiculous. It is cosmetic to have hearing aids. <sighs> so, whatever. Particularly for Go. a young person, it's language what? development. There's nothing cosmetic about it. I'll give you cosmetic hearing <laughs> aids. All right. Michelle, how has your week been? Well, I had my birthday on Sunday, so that's cool. Oh, that's right. Happy birthday. the same day as Matt's second son. Yes. We share Andrew a birthday. Andrew turned four, so you turned 24, correct? <laughs> sure. 34, but we'll go with, we'll go with 24. I wasn't going to give you away. Um, I don't think I want to be 24 again. <laughs> Is that bad? <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah. So I uh, got out for a hike actually in um, technically in Missouri because I live right on the Kansas-Missouri border. And uh, the other exciting thing is that I am an aunt again as of last night. Woo. My niece Hadley was born. Aw, congratulations. Thanks. So how many nephews and nieces do you have? Um, on my side, we have three nieces now. <laughs> and then on my husband's side, we have two nieces and a nephew. That's awesome. Yep. Mike, how many nephews and nieces do you have, and how has your week been? I have uh, two nephews, and they were both here in Philly this past weekend, which was awesome. Uh, have not seen them in quite some time, of course. They're in Long Island, where I grew up. So for them to come to Philly and stay with us for the night was great. Uh, awesome. I have one nephew who is eight now, who's doing great, and another who is two. Uh, so seeing them and having them here was, was awesome. They're adorable and they're great. So that was uh, that was really nice. Um, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a good week so far. Uh, nice 50, 50, 50 balance now of in person and online. Uh, and everything's coming together. Well, really can't complain. Uh, really been been in, insanely busy. Uh, really need to try to cut back certain things. So I have more time for other things. Uh, but so far, so good. So I have a I have an off the wall question for you guys, and there is an ulterior motive behind this. 
Uh, did you see that the great pumpkin Charlie Brown will not be airing on television this year? It yes, was I did. Sold, it was sold to Apple TV, so you have to pay to watch it. So my quick round, round table question for you guys, real quick. It's like a therapy introductory question just to get our brains going, a jumping jack for our brain this morning or this afternoon, evening. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, like, holiday special do you look forward to watching every year? Oof. And to give you just the kind of a moment – I think the holiday special I always look forward to in a weird way. Are you talking Halloween specific or? No, holiday, okay. holiday, any holiday. And I think for me, it's either going to be like um, It's a Wonderful Life or The Grinch. Those are the two that when they come on, I kind of get sucked into watching every year. To me. So in, so in honor of Charlie Brown not being on TV this year, what are your picks? To me, I would have to say the 11 a.m. Detroit Lions game on Thanksgiving. Ooh, okay. I don't know if that counts. It counts, man. Okay. Like if, you, if you look forward to it every year as a holiday tradition I on love television. It. I love it. it. I love it. I don't watch that stupid-ass parade. <laughs> don't care about it. I am ready for football on Thanksgiving, and it's always the Lions, the early morning game. And then the Cowboys in the afternoon. I hate the Cowboys, but all about the first game. I love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Michelle? Mm -hmm. um, well, you got me thinking Halloween initially. And of course, Charlie Brown's is a favorite. I'm sad about that. I didn't Go know buy this Apple news. TV. I'm not buying Apple TV for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but a recent one is Room on the Broom, the little uh, animated short to go with the book. Oh, yeah. And uh, we like to watch that one around Halloween, especially if I'm near my nieces and nephews. So, uh, But then Christmas-wise, I can't really say it's a special, but the 24 hours of a Christmas story, to this oh, day, yes. I still don't That's think I've ever seen that movie like sit down front to end, beginning to end. But I have but seen, seen all of it movie. plenty of times, <laughs> and I know it well. But that's because you see like 10 minutes of it, and then a half hour of it, and then 10 more minutes of it, and the same Art. scene five times. And then the other one is um, Griswold Christmas Vacation. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one, too. I was going to say, our Halloween lately has been Spookly the Square Pumpkin. That came up when we were looking at, um, yeah. I think, PBS Kids or something. Yeah, so that's been kind of coming up on our disney or nickelodeon isn't or there a book channel that's on for that mm -hmm. i think it's called like the legend of spookly the square pumpkin okay if you don't know room on the broom i love that one you know what was the same so, author not, as the gruffalo and we'll be getting into our show here in just a second uh on cameo uh they've got kalahar or whatever his name is the bad guy from halloween town he can send you a video for 15 you've never seen halloween town nope Mike? Halloween Town. Yes. No, you've never seen this Disney Channel movie? No. I've never, okay. seen, I've never seen any Disney Channel movies. <laughs> Debbie Reynolds, you know, the mom of Princess Leia. She's the grandma. The mom is the lady who played April O'Neil in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies. Uh, they're witches. And April O'Neil has a daughter because she married a human and Debbie Reynolds is a witch that lives in Halloween Town, where all the monsters of Halloween actually survive. And uh, the daughter has to go to Halloween Town and become a witch by her 13th birthday, or she doesn't become a witch. And uh, spoilers, uh, they made four movies. So obviously she became a witch. Just saying. <laughs> all right. If you've watched Halloween Town, I want to hear about it on discord.speechsciencepodcast.com. We got a couple of shout outs this week. Um, the first one is is a uh, one that's a little bit sad. It hits home. Bill Connors of uh, Aphasia Toolbox passed away this week. Um, don't know a whole lot of details, but um, there is. We will put the link below. But uh, and a big presence there. in the teletherapy mm -hmm. world. You guys were talking about it. It seemed like every time someone posted something in the teletherapy page. He was like one of the very first few people who like 
instantly replied with useful information. Absolutely. Very useful. He was the absolute guru of telepractice pre-COVID. So, you know, just uh, someone who was, you know, one thing you always respect about SLP social media is someone who's willing to answer questions for a total stranger to help them in their quest. Like, I understand helping someone you know, like if the two of you were to reach out to me and ask me a question about something, Mm -hmm. but helping some random Joe Schmo on uh, Facebook is... uh, that takes some character. Uh, I will try to find the link, but it looks like on one of the Facebook pages, they're asking if you have any stories or, you know, fun anecdotes about him to email uh, Genevieve over at Genevieve at aphasia toolbox dot com. So uh, it's tough when you lose somebody like that in our world, especially our world. So small that and, and when we talk about social media SLPs. After a while, you start to kind of know who to trust and who, and you know, who's always going to be there. So that one's a tough one. But on a positive or an uplifting shout out, Michelle, you had a write-in? Yes, I did. So Ellen Ferguson, who is a speech-language pathologist and also um, a military family member, she sent over my way, and I thought this was worth sharing, that the Smiles for Speech organization, you may have crossed paths with them or seen them on social media. They're pretty active. But they, um, they work in, I know, Kenya and Ghana um, and a couple other locations uh, providing speech services and other services. But long-term sustainable assistance for children is, is their goal. And they are having a virtual 5K race for inclusion. So if you look on Facebook, and I can share the link with you to put in the show notes, Matt, um, but Smiles for Speech Virtual 5K Race for Inclusion – and it can be completed anytime between 10:24 and 11:01, so the first of the month. And there are finisher medals, so I'm sure there's a registration fee, but um, it's a way to support uh, speech pathologists. And it was founded by Sandy Dorsey, I believe, and I believe she's a speech pathologist as well. So um, I'm hoping maybe I can get an interview with her. <laughs> oh, is Matt frozen? Did we lose Matt? he might be a little frozen oh no he looks good he looks good in the picture he looks good in the picture if only you could all see it as we listen to him (laughs) but it's cool up he left so it's just it's the mike it's the mike and michelle show now mike and michelle show um any shout outs on your end mike um let's see let's see um i do want to give a shout out to all the slps that have been very uh, politically active. I think that's a, that's worth a shout out. I've been seeing lots and lots of SLPs urging people to vote and urging people uh, to get out there and have their voices heard on election day coming up. Uh, I think there's many SLP related things on the docket this year, uh, including, you know, Medicare, Medicaid, and so many other things. So I think, uh, you know, regardless of where you come from or your upbringing or what your family members may think. I think, you know, our lives as, as SLPs, I think, uh, I think, you know, we should all be politically active. We should all vote and uh, have our voices heard. And that's been great to see. Uh, I know a lot of these SLP groups have been very active with, uh, with support. Yeah. So awesome shout out there. Um, I think we're going to pause here for a second. It looks like we've got a message from Matt that he is resetting his internet. So (laughs) we'll be back. Welcome back to Speech Science. I don't know. Episode 128. Uh, My internet does this weird, goofy thing where randomly it'll just shut down in the middle of the day when it's the least uh, helpful. So Or in the evening when you're recording. Right at 10 o'clock at night. Like I thought it would be fine. So. Um, That's all good. We got the shout out then. There we go. Good. All right. So let's dive into this first topic. Uh, There's two different articles, one from the Boston Herald and one from chalkbeat.org. The chalkbeat.org says New York State changes course on plan to address backlog of special education cases. And in Boston, nearly 2,000 Boston students awaiting special education assessments due to coronavirus backlog Uh, this is a failure on local school districts guys this is this is my opinion on this but this is where 
I'm really glad and proud of the district that I work in where we try to hit most of our three-year evaluations as early as we can in the year, just in case snow happens. But also the law allows you some lateralization, lateral movement that you don't have to do standardized assessment. You can do informal assessment to identify needs. And sometimes it's better to be legal than to be perfect. And I think this is a case of, of districts. And it's not just these two. They're going to be all across the country. You're going to have backlogs of special education. You have to just get these evaluations in, get the needs that you best can identify, and start working on things. Am I wrong? Am I way off base on this one? You are spot on, yes, dude. I knew it. And second of all, there is no such thing as a perfect evaluation. Well, have you read they are mine? All, they, they are all flawed. I don't care if you are a 70-year SLP. I don't care if you invented the test that you used. <laughs> period. There is well, no such thing. Well, they're always a snapshot. Yes. They're always they're a snapshot exactly. of a period a of time, a day in that kid's life, which really is more like an hour of that kid's life. Well, and this is what I just don't get is like, how do you let backlogs happen? Um, I, I feel like I don't get it either, but it it's, it happens always. I, I get that. <laughs> and I also don't understand how you don't meet legal get guidelines or deadlines. And people blow through legal deadlines all the time. Oh, you're right. So what are the consequences? Eh, don't do that again. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> so anywho's <laughs> like but no i mean like i think this is the thing where where we talked about it did we talk about it last week about long assessments we yeah did. i mean yeah i write 16 page documents to talk about four different standardized assessments and informal but you know i'm doing teletherapy right now and not all of my tests i can do online so I'm doing a lot of observation, a lot of interviewing, a lot of informal therapy work to mm -hmm. try to find these students' best needs and want or best needs and, and implications. And I know it's not going to be good and we may have to readjust it in a year and a half, but that's got to be better than looking at 2,000 kids in one city. Mm -hmm. Well, question. So they're... they're remediation proposal to this that they just pulled in New York, mm -hmm. for example, right? right? The article you sent us mm -hmm. says they rescinded the proposal to allow non-lawyers to oversee special education complaints in New York City. So they've pulled that controversial proposal, but who is going to oversee it when they say non-lawyers? Yep. I'm super curious. Who was, who was going to be the person covering this backlog of yeah so in new york this was more about the lawsuits of uh there are 1700 cases happening of complaints against the new york state uh special education department uh just from last year oh, and... i'm on the wrong article no no no, no 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 it's part of the right <laughs> article um, Sorry. no 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 it's the right article uh but it a lot of that stems from the failure uh going forward of covid and they have decided that they were, uh, you know what, we're just not going to, to uh, they were going to let non-lawyers oversee those complaints. And then they decided to pull that back. But it is linked to the, co it is partially linked to the COVID backlog. That's why I threw it. I just was curious who, when they say non-lawyers, that's so broad. You, me, special Anyone? education leaders. Hmm. Mike, I'm guessing folks such as yourself, private practice owners, you're going to get called in to help fill in this backlog. When you walk in as a outside service, let's say you come into my school district. What is your, how do you, what do you think? Like, what is your, your plan? What is your attitude towards it? Like as the, as a private practice owner who works with schools, like, do you get called in for this? And then like, how do you approach that? Yeah, it certainly happened. Uh, obviously, number one, you go in with a job to do, uh, and you you know you kind of have to clean up the mess and kind of do what you can to fix things. But honestly, in the back of my mind, I get it. 
you know, schools don't have the resources. They hire people part-time. They hire contractors. I, I totally get it. You know, working in the schools is harder than working in a private practice, period. Uh, and I have total respect for school SLPs and all that they go through with the red tape and the due processes and everything. Uh, and that's, you know, I, I can see how these things happen. I don't try to seek out this SLP and say, why'd you do this? What happened? You know, I tend to blame more of the special education director and the superintendent and the school itself. Uh, but you go in there, you do the job, you don't point any fingers and you just kind of just help out. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, I want to know, like you said, Matt, how do you get so behind on this? But who is helping the the SLP and the PT and the OT and the yeah, special but- ed teacher who have this backlog? Like, where's the oversight on that? Well, that's fair. But I think even then, though, I mean, I think part of it is that we are responsible for our own little domain. And mm-hmm. like, but if your caseload's a hundred kids, it sucks. <laughs> no, and I and I mean I've been there. I've been there. I had the ninety-seven kids. I've had one hundred and twenty kids. I've had thirty-five or forty ETRs due in one year. But I think that I have a I have a phrase that I teach when I get new students, like CFY students or, or uh, externs. And I always say that you won't lose your license for bad therapy. You won't lose your license for bad evaluations. You will lose your license for no therapy, and you may lose your license for uh, missing legal deadlines. And I guess my thought is... Now, when you say bad, I'm assuming you mean not perfect. Or just terrible therapy. Like... You could come in with, you know, and again, I'm talking as long, like you could come in and have a perfect plan for therapy and the kid lays their head down for 40 minutes and you get nothing out of therapy. Mm -hmm. But as long as you were trying and you were not just, you know what, I'm going to play on my phone while you lay your head down and I'll walk you back to class. You're not going to lose your license for that. Now, if you do that every day, you may lose your job. Because they may say you can't handle your caseload. But it goes back to the same idea on the evaluations. You know, COVID happened. We're all in the same boat. We can't do 16-page document write-ups. But we could always do a record review. And according to the most recent IEP and progress reports and the data from three years ago, they still have an expressive language deficit. We're still going to target language expression like expansion boom document is legal is it good no but is it legal yeah and it, and mm-hmm. then you can identify your needs that's kind of what i was thinking well and, and i'm, I'm gonna go back and say put a little more pressure on if if a school district has some do lead slps or has um, mentor slps or of course the special ed directors they're the ones who should be mm-hmm helping guide their staff, particularly newer SLPs, younger staff, CFYs. Bingo. With that. 100% I agree. Agreed. What's your thought at home? Where do you come down on this? SpeechSciencePodcast.com. Email SpeechSciencePodcast at gmail.com. Discord.SpeechSciencePodcast or 614-681-1798. Hashtag SSPod. Michelle, did I cut you off there? Nope. Okay, cool. Our second topic of the day, the link between SLPs and spelling, the link between language and spelling, what SLPs and teachers need to know. This is coming out of the Language, Speech, and Hearing Services in Schools Journal. Guys, I am terrible at spelling, so I this was hard for me to, to conceptualize, to be honest. I mean, I'm looking through it now because I didn't get a chance to read all of it. So it's good to just quickly breeze through but, the... Okay, so here we go. <laughs> it says XL, S, SLPs. We have an expertise in phonology, morphology, and semantics. And it's because of our expertise in these areas, we play an important role in 
Development and Intervention of Spelling. And Hell yeah. I completely agree. Do you really? This is where I yes. don't know if I agree, but I, I would love to hear why you guys are both like, yes. I completely agree, and I am sick and tired of hearing about, oh, I'm looking for a Wilson certified. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm looking that's for a this. I'm sick and tired of hearing about where are these reading specialists? Where are these reading specialists? The real thing should be, where are the SLPs? Where is an SLP my son can work with to work on spelling, to work on reading, to work on anything literacy related? I'm tired of all of this uh, multi-level marketing pyramid schemes of all these ridiculous certifications you have to get. The best certification is a master's in speech and language pathology, mm-hmm. period. Okay, we, I, I took crazy classes in literacy in grad school. Did you really? And I was, oh, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And just, even just school-based SLP and all that stuff. And we had to do crazy work on reading, writing, spelling, all that stuff. And I'm sure it's probably even worse, more intense now. <clears throat> so uh, all of the, you know, it's, a, it's the same thing as like, oh, you have to get prompt trained. You have to be Wilson certified. Mm-hmm. You have to get this, you have to get all these special certifications after you spend all this money on grad school and have student loans, which is completely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you read research like this, you follow the research, you can do the informed SLP, you can do whatever, keep up to date with, with most up-to-date practices. You know, obviously, you know, try to get this kind of stuff during your CFY when you're in a learning experience, but Obviously, I'm an SLP and I'm biased, but we are by far the best to treat these things, period. So, Well, and I'm going to add to that, too, is that, unfortunately, I think there are teachers and there are speech pathologists, but a lot of teachers who end up getting, like, there's a reading specialist master's degree level is a different thing than, like, these certifications that pop up left and right that, you know, Mike is talking about, too, of get a reading specialist certification or send your kid to this program to learn to speed read or help their dyslexia or whatever else. And it may or may not have any research behind it. And it's unfortunate because there are people who have advanced degrees in literacy specifically. And as true literacy specialists, like master's level, and we are speech language pathologists and that is absolutely under our scope but there are people like I've, I worked with one who was amazing, but she had a legit master's level literacy degree. So the article talks about taking a metalinguistic approach to spelling. And we look at things such as, so basically what you do, give them an assessment and you attack the assessment in identifying where the deficit is happening uh, in spelling. So for example, Uh, they look at spelling as kind of like the center, the bullseye of the target. And around the target, you've got your stuff such as phonological awareness, morphological awareness, alphabetic knowledge, and then, of course, spoken speech. Uh, But in there, you have your orthographic skills, your motor skills, your phonics, semantics, auditory skills, uh, and such. Then you just kind of attach it from the metalinguistic approach, which I, I still, I don't know, guys. I have such a hard time with spelling myself. That I'm not sure I would be a good SLP to to attack spelling. Well, it depends on it depends on the student. That's true. Depends on what good you're point. looking at. That's depends on what depends on what the IEP says. Um, you know, and there's so many. There's it's just the scope of our practice is just so damn huge. True. Uh, there's there's a lot of kids are going to come to us for much more noticeable things. Parents, teachers, peers, whatever. Kids tend to be referred to us by what is seen externally, whether it's awkward social skills mm-hmm. or a misarticulation or executive functioning and disorganization, whatever it may be. You know, spelling can easily fly under the radar. Uh, but if, you know, if we see it and we dig deep into it and we do diagnostics, we're going to find some trends as to what causes these spelling issues. And so many times it's a lack of exposure. It's a lack of exposure to reading. It's a lack of exposure to writing. Uh, And there's a lot of uh, non-compliance and a lot of behaviors and a lot of dysregulation when we ask these students to read and write. So that's something we have to work through. 
So the whole article will be posted below, but they talk about alphabetic knowledge being the knowledge of what consonants, uh, consonants and spelling, and of course, vowels and spelling. Um, then they talk about uh, the phonological awareness and spoken speech. Um, and then let me scroll back down. And then that's where you apply that your morphological uh, awareness to their spelling uh, errors. I can honestly say I don't have any spelling IEPs. Do you guys have you guys had any spelling IEPs in a while? Uh, it, it happens here and there, certainly. I haven't had an IEP in a long while, no, but I've definitely worked in um, in outpatient with uh, with kids with dyslexia, with kids with spelling, with phonological awareness. Um, you know, the the writing side of language in addition to the reading that makes sense. and the spoken, because it's all part of it. How much writing and reading and spelling do you do in your IEPs? Hit us up, speechsciencepodcast.com, uh, discord.speechsciencepodcast.com, or hashtag it up, hashtag SSPod, or phone calls and text 614-681-1798. On the other side of the break, we check in with the informed SLP. We hit our news headlines, uh, the ASHA spotlight, and uh, then we send you home like a soft little child. You're listening to Speed Science. What? It's 10.30 at night. My brain is broken. All right. soft Hi, I'm Mei-Ling Chan. And I'm Martin Sibley. And we are the hosts of the Exceptional Leaders Podcast, where we spotlight high-profile topics and amazing people who are changing the worldview on disability. Even though we are oceans apart, we are bringing people from all over the world together to discuss inclusion, advocacy, accessibility, and real-life journeys. So listen to the Exceptional Leaders Podcast to hear the voices and stories from amazing changemakers and be inspired to make a real difference in the world. This is the story of a very special woman. Just a few knew about her superpowers. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources at aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. And now for our regular research review, brought to you by the Informed SLP. The Informed SLP releases a monthly newsletter that brings you plain language reviews of only the newest, most clinically applicable research, keeping you up to date on advances in the field and saving you tons of time. So let's get to it. Written cues are the bread and butter of aphasia therapy. This is a review of identifying the components of a successful spoken naming therapy, a meta-analysis of word-finding interventions for adults with aphasia, from the journal Aphasiology. Have you become a bread baking expert in quarantine? Or have you binge-watched baking and cooking shows? If so, you know the most important active ingredients for that perfectly risen bread with that lovely aroma that fills the house is yeast. Yes, without yeast, the recipe just won't work, and your dreams and crust may be crushed. We all know the struggle of figuring out the active ingredients for aphasia therapy. We consider dosage, number of trials and sessions, home programs, aphasia type, treatment approach, stimuli, types of cues, but it's still hard to know what makes aphasia therapy work. Researchers in this study looked at the active ingredients in aphasia therapy in a meta-analysis of 32 studies, focusing on single-word picture naming for trained stimuli for short-term and maintenance intervals. The approaches were restorative-based semantic, phonological, and or orthographic approaches. 
like semantic feature analysis. They found that the active ingredients for participants who improved in single word naming of trained stimuli were providing written cues, providing orthographic cues, like part word cues, like initial letters and syllables, and providing feedback on the accuracy of the naming. For untrained stimuli, number of sessions for the entire therapy and number of times the target was named were also active ingredients. The main takeaway from this study was the importance of providing written cues as an active ingredient in aphasia therapy. The participants didn't even have to copy the word, simply seeing it written down was enough to reap the benefits. Written cues may be beneficial for a few reasons. First, the visual cue is permanent and doesn't decay like spoken words. It is well studied, check out our hard copy reviews for some hyperlinks to some other articles, that verbal short-term memory is often impaired with people with aphasia. Second, written cues foster silent reading and promote phonological recoding. And third, written cues trigger the motor memory involved in writing, which can provide additional neural pathways for successful word retrieval. As SLPs, we're big fans of neuroplasticity. It's easy enough to incorporate providing written cues into aphasia treatments like SFA and phonological components analysis treatment for aphasia, and even for sentence-based treatment approaches like response elaboration training and verb network strengthening treatment, especially if you are using the fabulous apps from Tactus Therapy. The anagram, copy, and recall treatment is another great treatment option for people with severe aphasia and agraphia for writing single words. So let's get to baking, um, I mean writing, by including this easy active ingredient for aphasia therapy. Thanks for listening to this review. If you're interested in more, come visit us at www.theinformedslp.com. Tell us how you put the research into practice or find us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at The Informed SLP. Welcome back to Speech Science, episode number 127. I'm Matt Hunt. Michelle Wintering gave me the weirdest look as I said, we welcome you into the world like a child. It's like we're sending you to grandparents' house. That's what we did at the break, and we welcome you home like your parents. Have you seen the... And the, the disappointed father, Michael McLeod. The gifts or gifs, <laughs> however you want to say the word. What? <laughs> yeah. Have you seen them? Yeah. Um, about the end of the pandemic. And one I saw was a family that said, it showed the car pulling up in front of a house. And it said, at, uh, after COVID, dropping the kids off at grandma and grandpa's house. And they just pull up and like throw the bags oh, yes, out the I window. And the kids jump out and the car drives away. I will say the one thing I've learned in TikTok is that I'm officially a millennial. Oh, okay. I did not know that. This is new information for you? Yeah. I'm... You, you, you didn't know that? No, dude? I thought I was like the generation before millennials. No, we're like solidly yeah, in the I know. millennial. I realize that. Millennials are like, you know. It's a broad range We're though. old now. Millennials are, millennials are hitting 40, I, dude. Right. Mm-hmm. I realize that. Thanks to TikTok. Mm-hmm. And then uh, everyone just makes fun of boomers, so it's it's a thing, I guess. Yeah. Well, we're definitely we're definitely not boomers. Oh, it's the return of the news headlines. My favorite part. I'm going to give you guys headlines, and I want your immediate reaction. Uh, I've got about five headlines, so we should spend no more than about a minute or so on each of these. But I think it's fun. It's a nice look around the world of speech therapy and finding out what we're making in the news. And the first headline. Uh, Former VP over at um, at ASHA, Craig Coleman, was featured online and uh, in the news talking about the impact stuttering has and the effect it has on Joe Biden. So shout out to Craig Coleman and being in the news segment. Yeah, Craig. Love it. Uh, Our second article or news article. uh, Mike, I found this one just for you. Video gaming is related to improvements in memory in children, one study says. Okay. Do you buy it? I'll, you know, um, I would probably say more of the gaming that we grew up on. 
I think the gaming of today is a little bit more dangerous on the brain. It says they looked at transcranial magnetic stimulation. Uh, Can you give me an example of like... Did it say what game they were playing? Uh, they wanted to figure out if video game playing, training and TMS could enhance cog function. Michelle White... Oh, they looked at Super Mario 64. So that's why. The greatest game of all time. <laughs> that's why. That's simply why they did that. Okay, if why... They play, if they were playing Fortnite, there'd be problems. For me, Mike, why is that a good choice? That game? Yes. That's the best game ever. Besides made, it being ever. a fun video game, why is it a good game? Why is it a good game? Yeah. It was the first ever 3D free. <laughs> no, why is it good on your memory? Game. Yeah, why? Why is it good? Why is it good for... on your memory? <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> it was just freaking awesome, okay. man. So we don't know. 100, 120 stars. <laughs> like, you can just run around. It was so sick. It's a, that game was awesome, this, it dude. It says the study revealed that people who play video games as children had better working memory than those who did not, suggesting <laughs> that video games may have long-lasting benefits for cognition. You know what, though? I will say this. I do play a lot of open-ended, open-world games, Michelle. And it's okay. games where you have to remember the layout of a 3D yes. map. And yes. I do recognize that, like, if I don't play those for a while, I can still come back and I can almost remember the entire map. So I would not be surprised. Uh, do you, know, you know how they say, like, today kids are growing up with GPSs mm -hmm. and they're not learning directions mm -hmm. and landmarks and things like that? That's kind of like how, how it is with games. Games nowadays kind of do a lot of the work for you uh, and a lot of the remembering for you and the tracking. A game like Mario 64, you have to remember your progress. Remember where you've been. Remember how to get certain places. Remember how to problem solve. See, Michelle? Video games uh, are good. See, I knew there was more to it. Baby Mike. speech science can play video games. Let them. You got to collect the seven red coins in every single level. You got to know where, the, green where they screens are. are the next article, green screens are taking over teletherapy. Are you guys, either of you guys, using green screens in teletherapy? No. Nope. That is old news. Dude, it's a new article that talked about it. Meaning people making backgrounds. Yes, screen people screen. using backgrounds. Yes. However, I did yes. see the funniest one, and it was somebody had posted that they should have, the, the client asked them to put up a picture of the Hulk, and on their green screen, they were just like reaching into pockets of stuff, and it was like people's shirt pockets, and they didn't look, and they reached into Hulk's pants to pull out the therapy material. <laughs> Uh, this one is a couple weeks old. <laughs> You're giggling I at that love one. That. It just makes me laugh. I'm a that's child. Hulk, this is why that's gonna make Hulk that's gonna make Hulk angry. Or happy. But uh, the court acts are now requiring ASL interpreters to be at any future COVID nineteen briefings at the White House and our last article, Apathy could be Good. an indicator <laughs> of dementia. So Cool, man. My youngest, we've my got a guest in the, in the background, back is yelling. He doesn't understand it. He doesn't get it. The one who just turned four. Yeah, he shares a birthday with you. Our Asha spotlight as we wrap up this show. Uh, I was going to go with Asha's free toolkit on evidence-based practice, but they just dropped the Asha digital toolkit on stuttering. So I feel like that should be the Asha spotlight this week as the toolkit for stuttering 101. So when you have family members who may or may not link stuttering to cognitive decline, kindly share with them this ASHA resource. So that wraps up our show, guys. What do you guys got going on this week coming up? Something fun or interesting that is not therapy related. I have to go to a student's house on Friday for his birthday. Oh, Mike. You have to. You make it sound oh, yeah. like it's... I want to. Okay. Let's go. Dumb question. Let's edit, the, edit that. Go back and edit D that. I want Dumb to. Dumb question. Do you bring a gift when it's like a student? Uh... <laughs> you haven't thought that You uh... haven't thought that far out, have you? I'm going to... I'm going to assume that... The, the majority of our listeners are speech therapists and not parents. Right. So I'm going to say that this kid already has everything he needs. Ah, good call, good call. So a card. A card. Yes. So my presence. See, I always have a hard time with that. Like, I'll get invited to, like, grad parties as a coach. And I'm like, do I need to, do I need to bring a gift? Like, I always end up just getting, yeah. like, a little $10 gift card to, like, Chipotle or 
Like, mm-hmm. you're going to be a college kid. Here's a little $10 gift card. And a, I think a card mm-hmm. and with a thoughtful message is important, too. Congratulations, fill in your blank name here. You'll enjoy fill your college name in here. Yep. Michelle, <laughs> what are you doing this week? Hey, um, I'm taking my son to his first dentist appointment because it got postponed due to all things COVID. Good luck. Uh, we did that. My son had nine <laughs> cavities. So. How old was he? I don't know. Two, three. I don't know. Oh, man. He might not Making have had cavities nervous. at his first visit, but it definitely was nine uh, at one point, And we had to go get that fixed. Ugh. Well, that was an expensive lesson on brushing our teeth. All right. right. Well, uh, that was good news. But (laughs) Michelle, in all fairness, in all fairness, my wife, Kim and I, uh, we thought the other one was making sure he was brushing his teeth. But neither one of us was actually making sure he was brushing his teeth. And uh, he wasn't. (laughs) There you go. Okay, that might that might explain it. For me, I'm enjoying my last weekend free before coaching kicks in in November. So once coaching kicks in in November, uh, my weekends become filled with everything. Bowling coaching? High school bowling coaching. We have a state returner this year, so I'm excited. The season could be good. Will be good. I also am stepping down from my state positions. So whoop, whoop. Get my free time back, guys. I respect it. Well, I'm proud of you, Matt. Thank you. You oh. served there for quite a while. Yeah, so. I, like in my my retirement letter or whatever, like my stepping down letter. I was like, I've been privileged to serve in a lot of the years over the last so many. And I was like, a lot of the years. And I said, I don't remember how many years. It was just a lot of the years. Our intro music tonight was Please Listen Carefully by Jazar. It's licensed under an attribution and share alike license. Our bump music was the County Fair Rock copyrighted John Deku. Find all of his music over at soundcloud.com slash dirtdogmusic. The informed SLP uh, used at the count by Broke for free. And our closing music is The Slow Burn by Kevin McLeod. They're both licensed under a Creative Commons attribution license in the immortal words of Janice Wright. Be a willow. Don't be an oak. Oaks look strong, but they will crack under pressure. The willow will bend and return to form. For wonderful willows, Michael McLeod, Michelle Wintering, I'm Matt Hot. Until next week, so long, everybody. Bye. Bye. All right, so other than my computer crash. Speech Science is edited and produced by MWH Production. Please follow Speech Science on Twitter at SpeechSciencePC and like our page on Facebook. For more original podcasts, please visit ExceptionalEd.com and rate and subscribe to our podcasts anywhere you get your podcasts.